just all this stuff, all this good stuff going on was, you know, set to be one of the best teams in CFL history. And just for it to end like that, it, it, it was, it's tough. I, yeah, I really can't watch it till this day. Welcome to the Waggle, everybody. James Sabalski, Davis Sanchez. For all you people that have been saying for months and months and months, is it June yet? Well, June is here. And not only is June here, Chezzy, the CFL season is finally here and set to kick off literally just hours from now as we drop this fresh new edition of the waggle crazy to think it's already uh this is our second season now and 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 for real here we go we've got our week one uh, cfl pickums coming up uh we've also uh wrapping up our 21 questions as well and uh first things first if uh we just want to give a big shout out and a big thank you to apple for uh featuring the waggle podcast the official podcast of the canadian football league on their feature page in the itunes store and so a very big thank you uh great uh, recognition for us and we are very flattered and so for all the first time listeners thank you thank you for finding us and remember uh, you can subscribe it's free if you aren't already just click subscribe in itunes and a fresh new episode is delivered each and every week ideally wednesday barring any technical issues I'm just saying it sometimes ha- it's not it happens on occasion because you know hey we're talent we're talent people um, just yeah. saying just, just saying. saying right just saying. hashtag just saying uh, hey listen uh, just a reminder that CFL TSN TSN CFL fantasy is now live it's fun free new game that's available to every fan who wants to run his or her own CFL team and compete to win a grand prize trip for two to Ottawa for the 105th great cup presented by Shaw Fans can sign up today at cflfantasy.tsn.ca. You can build your own roster each and every week of the CFL on TSN season beginning this Thursday, June 22nd. So look forward to uh, checking that out all season long. Davis, we got to wrap up our 21 questions. This is the final week of our five weeks of 21 questions. We've done four each week, but just so we can make sure that you belt it out with those dulcet tones, a a little 50 cent. We added a fifth one for this week. Are you ready to hit the music, my friend? I've been told I'm no longer allowed to sing. There's been complaints from not only my family members, people in my neighborhood, um, the staff here at the Canadian Football League has complained, and there's actually a petition going around. So I'm I'm going to have to sit this one out. James, if you'd like to sing, um, please go ahead, or let's just jump into 21 questions and, and hope that we don't lose our jobs for singing on air too much. I'm congested, so I'll pass. Drew Willie, cut by the Argos. Man, it's been a tough uh, tough 12 months for him. Where's his next landing spot in the CFL, Chessie? Uh, that's a good question, James. I, I think that Drew Willie is probably – his career might have ran its course. You only get a certain amount of opportunities in this game, in this life, and in football life especially – Drew's been given a couple opportunities, and uh, you know, in his first few years, they, you know, he they was a guy that uh, had a lot of, um, they had high high expectations for in in Winnipeg, and 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 uh, you know, things didn't work out there for whatever reason, and you know, the trade we talk about that, um, you know, definitely uh, Jim Barker and Art was definitely lost in the trade now because we, you know, initially we. 
figured that that was a really bad trade and on their part, and obviously a great trade by Kyle Walters and, and the Bombers. It was a stick-up, wasn't it? Get, break yourself! Get up against the wall! Get up, get up against the wall! Sorry, that was my impression. That was the impression. We've done this a few times. We have yes. fun with this. Oh, we did. We had a, we had a really he, good time. When he walked into, when he kicked in, when he, when Kyle Walters walked in, kicked in the door at the Skydome into into Barker's office and told him to get break himself and get up against the wall and put his hands up, give me TJ Heat the first and a fourth, and you're taking Drew Willie, and that's all I got to say about it. Yeah. No, there, there's no. Is there any truth to the rumor that when 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 Kyle Walters came running in with that gun for the stick up, Jim Barker threw his hands up and said it was Scott Milanovich. It was Scott. He did it. <laughs> he did it. Oh, it was him. It was Scott. And Scott was already. Scott was already on the express down to Jacksonville. I think at the time. Oh no, oh, oh, nothing to see here. Giggity 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 goo. <laughs> I, I think I think Drew oh. Willie, I think Drew Willie's going to wind up in Saskatchewan. I just it's call that that's my hunch. I, I think uh, while while Chris Jones until he definitively has his guy locked in, I think he will explore every option. So that would be that would be my guess to see if Drew Willie's going to land anywhere. But uh, but I wouldn't be surprised if, if this might be it, Chaz. I'll say Montreal. Really. Well, if anything ever happens to Darian, they're really thin with any anybody with experience. That's that's the that's the rationale. Is that Darian is the only guy with any real CFL experience on the roster? Vernon Adams has played a couple games, but he's still a second year guy. So yeah, that's the reason for that. I don't think it's going to happen. But if there is, if Darian perhaps went down, that's the one team that needs. You know, they, there's no backup. They have no backup that. Yeah. After Vernon Adams, no one's even taken a snap in the CFL, and that's that's dangerous. And a guy like Drew, who's you know when when Paul Lapolice, a guy a respected offensive coordinator, has been around this game a long time, uh, when he vouches for you and when he gives you the starting job, when he builds his offense around you, and we're talking about Drew Willie right now, that says something about Drew and Drew's skill set and the potential that Drew has. These guys. They're not if he if they're putting their faith in Drew, it's because Drew showed something. Whether he's lost some confidence, which is something I've heard from several people that maybe he just lost a little bit of confidence. Maybe it just takes a coach or a system or a, a good game to get him back to be the Drew Willie that those guys thought he was. So I, I'm not I'm not I'm not just writing him off, but it's just the the thing that I, it's the opportunities are hard to come by. They're few and far between, and for Drew. I think that it's going to be tough to get opportunity because there's so many good players out there. But if yeah. there's injuries happening, he gets a chance. Who's to say that he couldn't, you know, find his groove back and, and do the things that made him, you know, a guy who got a pretty good paycheck and a guy who people, you know, had a lot of faith in. Yeah, no question. I, I do wonder what sort of indictment it is, though, when Mark Trestman kind of throws his hands up on you, though. I mean, that, that, that feels like a bit of an indictment if you're as a quarterback anyway. Uh, next question. We got two Canadian backups for 2017 to kick off the year. Brandon Bridge and Regina and Andrew Buckley uh, both backing up in Saskatchewan and Calgary, respectively. Why does this matter? Because they're Canadian people. What a way to celebrate Canada's 150th birthday, right? So... Jesse, who has the greater impact this season, Bridge or Buckley? Well, Brandon Bridge will have the biggest impact just simply because you know, there's more opportunity for him to get in the game. I think they'll use him in some package stuff. I think he's you know closer to actually you know competing for that job. I think I don't think Brandon Bridge is that far behind KG at this point, experience-wise. 
KG has command of an offense. Uh, Kevin is you know, calling forth in the locker room. He can relay what, what Jarius Jackson and, and uh, Steve McAdoo want done. So he's ahead of Brandon in that, in that regard. But I think, you know, athletically and, and, you know, arm strength and all those things, Brandon's probably close. And when you're close, when you're ahead athletically and you're not that far off with the rest of the stuff, you'll, you'll slowly climb. So as, as the season goes on, Brandon Bridge will get closer and closer. Yeah. And in, Cal- in the Calgary situation, you know, Bo is Bo and he's, you know, an MOP and, and I don't think Bucky's even close to anything near where Bo or Levi Mitchell is. So it would have to take an injury for that to happen. And, and uh, that's the reasoning for that. Yeah, no, I, I, and you know what? I'm with you 100% because if, if last year taught us anything, what happens to quarterbacks that are 38 and over? They get hurt, all of them. Henry Burris missed significant time last year. Not just, you know, he got hurt at the beginning of the season. Ricky Ray was hurt an awful lot last season. And, you know, that that's just, we, we saw that multiple times. Kevin Glenn is 38 years old. And at some point in time, KG's probably going to miss some time due to injury. And, and Brandon Bridge is going to get the opportunity to play. And he's got an opportunity to show that maybe, I mean, what a story this could be if, if this guy ultimately becomes the starter that Chris Jones has longed for here in Regina. And to, to get a quarterback, to what a story. I mean, to have a Canadian quarterback, the first guy who's really kind of starting in, in, in significance. And I'm not just talking spot duty here and there over the course of the last 50 years. I'm talking about a guy to step in. What quarterback hasn't Chris Jones longed for? I mean, yeah. goodness gracious. He, yeah, he, come he, on, he, James. Well, you got, yeah, no, but, exactly. no, he, yeah, I agree. Yeah, no, it's. I, I, I think. Guy, I, I, think yeah, I think he's he's a guy. He's a guy that's got the talent. He's, yeah, Chris does like. We spoke highly of him before the before the last preseason game. He came out and and did say that you know he's a guy that could compete for the job and that you know we're still evaluating. So it's. I think that I think he likes a lot of the things that that Brandon possesses. His his ceiling is uh, is high, and I, I think Chris likes that. All right, uh, on to the uh, next question. Who's your emerging second year CFLer? Who's the, the, your emerging sophomore in the Canadian Football League this year, Chesie? Emerging sophomore in the league. I like, from the BC Lions, Luchez Purifoy. My emerging guy. He was last year. He has a, he has, he's been in the NFL for some years. Um, came up here last year and, and just kind of got into the, into the Lions rotation as a, as a nickelback and earned that job. And then, uh, you know, he made plays. He's a playmaker guy. He can, you know, he's a come off the edge of blitz. He can cover. Um, he just he's always around the football, and I think the more Luchez Purifoy is in the game, and the more Luchez Purifoy is uh, you know, learning the CFL game and the nuances of the game, I think the more plays he's going to make. So I like Luchez Purifoy to be my biggest impact. And plus, his name is Chez. Yes, it's funny right. you say yeah, that. Got him. He he was my he was my I, runner up on that just simply because he's a Chez. Hey, Luchez, we've never met before, but just to let you know, I'm I'm Chez. You could be Luchez, you could be Purifoy. There's only one Chez in, in Canada at this point in time. and But, you know, we'll talk, we could talk about it, though. All right. Yeah, you, got, you guys can he, at least, hey, you know, on the bright side, at least he's keeping the legacy going of a solid Chez on the field. True, right? true that. True All that. Right. Respect Luchez. Exactly. Uh, I'm going with Taylor Loeffler. Well, the Winnipeg Blue Bombers is my oh, okay. uh, my emerging second year, and just I mean, you look at the impact. I mean, here's a guy who just exceeded every expectation from the combine uh, to draft day and to ultimately starting at the end of the season. And I love Manny Arsenal, but Manny Taylor killed you in that playoff game last year. My goodness, that was uh, 
That was a hard hit that knocked out one of the best playmakers uh, in the Canadian Football League in that Western semifinal last year. He hits hard. Uh, I think four interceptions last year as a rookie. Uh, the Kelowna BC product uh, has shown he can play, and he's got a real bright future. So I'm going with Taylor Loeffler as my emerging second-year CFLer. Uh, next one, Chez. Who's your Grey Cup MOP? My Grey Cup MOP is none other than we're going West Coast. Taylor Loeffler from from BC. Lucas Perfoy plays for BC, and the man that's going to bring the Grey Cup to Robson Street. None other than number 10, Jonathan Yennings. Really? Most outstanding player. And they're going to carry Wally Buono off the, off the sidelines into retirement for six months. He'll come back next year. But, yes, Wally Buono's going out on top as as coach of the year. And, and Jonathan Yennings, MOP, and BC Lions. That's – I mean, you know what's funny? I, and I'll say this to the listeners here. For everybody listening, Davis and I have made a point over the last year is we try not to share where we're coming from. We just we, we kind of talk about what what we want to discuss, but we don't generally share how we feel about certain things. And we kind of discuss it and let it re- and react, try to be as organic as possible and try to react as naturally as possible. I have Jonathan Jennings on mine as well. I think the Lions are coming out of the West this year, and I think the Lions are winning the Grey Cup. And I was just on the uh, the Fan 960 in Calgary. Uh, somebody asked me my Grey Cup prediction uh, the other day, and I said, uh, I said, I said the BC Lions are going to find a way to get past the Calgary Stampeders this year. And I said the Lions over the Hamilton Tie Cats, and I think Double J. Jonathan Jennings is Mr. Electricity. And maybe I'm just putting too much into just uh, salivating with what I saw last year, but even the sample size and preseason this year, Ches. But I think that obviously we're on the same page here. We both see something special in this guy. And I think this year with that offense and the firepower and the weapons that he has at his disposal, um, it looks pretty foolproof for me. Uh, obvious, obviously, we're, obviously, we're both just sharp as a tack. That's, that's the only thing that's obvious, Tabalski. <laughs> that's really... We have, both have a sharp eye for talent and Clearly. evaluate things, or Obviously. you know, or the good old thing. Uh, fools often agree. Yes, or, or looking at fools gold. Although I can't see Jonathan Jennings being fools gold. So, last of the twenty-one questions: What will the main storyline be that defines the twenty seventeen CFL season, Chess? I want it to be Coach Bueno uh, ending his illustrious career by with the winning season and uh, ultimately uh, maybe bringing the cup back to Vancouver and uh, ending his tenure there. I want that to be the story. He's been in this league and uh, been a great ambassador uh, for this league for a long time. And I think his, uh, I think this is going to be his last year. He said, uh, and I want, I would like, I would like none, nothing better than coach Buono to get an opportunity to, Go out in style and win the Greek. That's going to be the story. Oh, the Wally story. And, you know, a guy can, a lot of people look at as the greatest coach in CFL history and neck and neck with uh, Don Matthews, who just passed away last week, uh, who also vies for that title, the greatest coach in CFL history. Uh, that'd be a great story. I think that'd be a, a really good story. To me, I think the storyline that defines the 2017 CFL season will be the return of the Canadian quarterback. I think... I think one of these two guys, and I'm guessing it's going to be Brandon Bridge, what we were just talking about, but I think one of these guys are going to get some significant playing time. I think even both of them could get some some playing time this year and show well 
and really change a narrative over the last 50 years in this league that, hey, guess what? Canadians can play this position, and it's great to see where these guys are, even in this position now, where two Canadians are legitimate backups. Uh, and as we've seen over the last few years, backups tend to play more times than not. And I think Brandon Bridge and Andrew Buckley both have really, really impressive opportunities in front of them. And I think both of them are going to have a chance, or at least one of them for sure, will have a chance to play and show not only us, but show everyone across the country and around the world that follows the Canadian Football League that these guys can legitimately play. So I think it's the return of the Canadian quarterback in the CFL. All right, just a reminder to everybody, uh, before we jump into our CFL Pick'ems, uh, the week one editions, that you could win a trip for two to the 105th Grey Cup in Ottawa by simply picking the winners every week on CFL.ca. And don't forget, it's free. And Jesse, you know who likes free? Everybody, exactly, and Sabalski, yeah. Well, I work in the media. It's an old saying. And for all of our media people that are listening, you know, if it's free, it's for me. That's why we like going to the press box and getting extra. We take extra game notes just because they're free. We don't know. That's what we do. Oh, hey, you know what? I could use this in my burn pile or my recycling pad at home. Whatever. It's free. Uh, okay. First things first. Here we go. Uh, week number one. Uh, it all kicks off in Montreal. What a game. Darian Durant, Chris Jones. Uh, this should have a, a little heat, a little emotion in this one. The Saskatchewan Rough Riders rolling into La Belle Province to take on the Alouettes. Uh, Chez, I look at where the riders are going into this one. No Chad Owens, no Rob Begg. Um, there's still a lot of talent on both sides of the football. I just feel that there's just too many newcomers on this team uh, that I think it's going to take a little while for the riders to really get into sync. And I just like what I've seen from Darian Durant and, and Ernest Jackson and Javon Olafoye, this new offense. Uh, they, they look pretty good to me. I, I, I tend to lean towards the Owls winning this one comfortably here. I think I'm going to agree with you simply because of the home field advantage. I think these teams at Montreal is also uh, a lot of newcomers, a lot of their injuries. Now it looks like this. It looks like two of their two of the projected starters uh, are going to be out as well. Um, so that's two new guys in the secondary. Or Sorrow will not be in the middle linebacker, and and uh, Raymond Taylor at the boundary corner. Those guys were two guys that were they really young guys they were really depending on this year. So I, I uh, I'm going to go with you and then and then and take Montreal, but only because they're playing at home and and uh, Saskatchewan's also banged up. So I'll roll with you one time. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. So I think we're both on the same page with the Owls at home for that one. And uh, how about the rematch of the 2016 Grey Cup, one of the greatest uh, Grey Cup games in league history. And it goes Friday night with the Ottawa Red Blacks. And they're actually underdogs, according to Vegas, going into this one. Uh, Ottawa, uh, the underdogs, going up against the Calgary Stampeders. I, you know, I kind of see a little bit of the same issue for Ottawa here. I think Marcel Desjardins, and by the way, congrats to uh, both uh, Rick Campbell and Marcel Desjardins for getting extended uh, on Wednesday by the organization. Uh, yeah, they both got extensions, and, and deservedly so. Oh, good. So nice. Very good for both those well individuals. Done. Yeah, totally deserved. And uh, that's what happens when you win. But I think as good a job as Marcel Desjardins did in the offseason retooling, despite some of the key losses, I, again, I think it, go, it goes back to a little bit of the flux with the personnel and some of the newcomers. Uh, Calgary keeps uh, a lot of key in ingredients intact, and I think the familiarity proves to be a difference maker for the Calgary Stampeders in this one. 
Yeah, I'm rolling with you again, Seaball. This is this is no good. We keep uh, we keep on picking the same teams, but Calgary is Calgary's loaded. They didn't lose as many pieces as Ottawa did, and I have a ton of faith in Mar- Marcel Desjardins and the whole staff over there and reloading. And Rick Campbell uh, does a great job along with his coaching staff as well. I just think that Calgary is on a mission. I also think that uh, too many pieces missing for Ottawa and I think they'll be good come the end of the year but it's going to take a little bit of time to get them back to where they were at the end of 16. Yeah I, I'm, with, I'm with you on that one. Uh, okay so we've got the Lions on Saturday at home to the Edmonton Eskimos. By the way just quickly shout out to the Lions uh, for a great marketing plan. They've offered every kid that's 12 and under tickets for just five bucks all summer long and that includes all their heated rivalries. That's games against Edmonton, Winnipeg, Saski, and Calgary. So um, they're also discounting tickets. Uh, they're bringing back their old 7-Eleven promotion as well. So uh, you know what? I know they struggled with attendance last year, but we hear the old adage that you got to get that young generation back in. The Lions taking a big step to try to do that. Make it enticing for the families. Encourage and inspire these young people to say, hey, you know what? This is fun. I want to go back to these games, mom and dad. And uh, I think they're doing it right. $5 tickets, uh, it's a great deal. And respect to the Lions for doing that. All right, Chesie, because we've been on the same page uh, for the first two picks, why don't we just say, pick our winners here at the exact same time, our CFL pick and winner, okay? At the count of three, you ready? Edmonton and BC, one, two, whoa, three. Whoa, 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 time out here, time out, time out, time out, time out, time out. We didn't do Toronto, we didn't do Toronto Hamilton. That's the next one, I know. I'm just saying for the first okay, two, we Okay, three, okay, so. okay, okay. I All thought right, you said so, the last one. All right, here no, we go. So you ready? So at the count of three. One, two, three, BC. British Columbia. All right. <laughs> so we're, we're on the same we page want, we, week we one won't here. Go, we've, already, we've already been tooting the Lions horn. The, oh, we look like a bunch of homers here. I am going to hate on the Lions next week. Listen listen up next week to the Wagger because I'm going to hate on the BC Lions all week long just because I'm giving so much love this week that I feel like I'm going to be called a homer sometimes. I reside in that city, so I'm just going to hate for no reason. I'm just going to be the mad the mad rapper and just hate on every, everybody. Fair enough. Next week, all right? Next week. Okay. okay. In the meantime, Lions get the win over Edmonton at home at BC Place. And then rounding out the week, Mark Trestman in his uh, Argos coaching debut against the Tabbies. Um, do you believe in Mark Trestman to eke out a win? I got the Tabbies pulling off the road upset here. I don't know if it's an I'm upset, going, but I'm I got going. the tabbies to come out with a win on the road. I think it would. I think it would be an upset. Seeing as Zach is back at quarterback and and a lot of uncertainty in Toronto, it would be an upset. But I'm going with the upset. I'm going with Tress. I'm going with Pop, and I am a, a full full on believer in the Argos. Slowly, when I say believer, I'm a believer in them slowly making some progress and getting this thing back on track. I think they can pull one out this week. I think it's going to take time for them to um, to be able to beat the best teams in the league, and I don't think the Hamilton's at that point yet. But I think that I think BC, I think Toronto can pull pull this one off and uh, hopefully get off to a good start for uh, the good ship Argo. No, that sounds good, man. It is back. We are excited. The CFL 2017 season has finally arrived, ladies and gentlemen. So smile, kick back, relax, and get your popcorn ready because the magic and the fun is all set to ride. That's Davis Sanchez. I'm James Sabalski. Tavares Daniels from the Calgary Stampeders joins us in a moment. In the meantime, as they say in the Olympics, let the games begin. Talk to you next week, y'all.
All right, joined by one of the rock star performers and one of the real young gun rock stars of the Canadian Football League, Devaris Daniels from the Calgary Stampeders, a 2-0 and in preseason. It's not like any any concerns about you guys dropping off at all this uh, in, from the offseason into this year. Clearly not evident. Why have you guys been so effective, Devaris, already? Um, I think, you know, our leadership is, is one thing. I think we got a lot of starters back, and yeah. A lot of key parts back. Uh, we did lose, you know, Derek Dennis and Bakari Grant and some guys. But uh, on the offensive side, I think that we just, you know, we got a lot of uh, returning players and, you know, they're leading the way. And, you know, I think the young guys are following suit. So it's just, you know, something that we built here. Uh, a nice foundation of winning, so we're just trying to keep it going. I thought, isn't there like an unwritten rule in football that when somebody leaves the team, you just basically you forget their names? Like who? Derek who? Bakari what? <laughs> no, nah, I mean, those guys were, were pretty big parts to our team last year. And, you know, I learned a lot from Bakari, you know, just the, as being a receiver, just, you know, being a vocal leader. He was one of our guys. So I'm trying to step into that role a little bit and, and uh, carry the guys through. Hey, tell me this. Why have you been able to be so good so quickly in the CFL? Because it, it's a different game. It's a bigger field. It's a different field. It's a different game on so many different levels. You got the waggle, the motion, all of it. How come you were able to, to figure it out so quickly? Um, I think, you know, early on it was just me um, listening to everybody, uh, all my leaders and Bo and, and Quay, and just kind of following their lead. I didn't really have to put too much pressure on myself. I uh, just kind of just, you know, did what they told me and just did it, you know, my way and to the best of, of my ability. What does the CFL mean to you? You've got quite the journey. I want to get into that in a moment. But what does the CFL yeah. mean to you? Uh, it means a lot to me. You know, it's it's uh, something that I never thought I'd be doing, but it, it kind of it turned out that way. And you know, I'm forever thankful for uh, Calgary Stampeders to bring me in and give me just give me opportunity at least. And, a fair shot at, you know, making the team. And, uh, you know, after everything that happened, it, it I couldn't ask for more. And, you know, I can't be, you know, more happy to be here than I am right now. So what what convinced you to come to Canada then? You you obviously, we'll, we'll talk a little bit about your, your school and, and, and what happened at Notre Dame and, and opportunities in the NFL, but who convinced you or what was the turning point to make you realize that, hey, there's football being played in Canada and you know what? I, I There's a legitimate opportunity and I can get paid to do this still. Yeah, uh, I think, you know, I sat down and talked to my family and, you know, it was definitely, you know, hard for me to make that decision just to go to a whole other country where I know, you know, nobody out here and just come out here and just uh, try to keep playing football. I think, you know, ever since I was a kid, football was my dream and, it was kind of instilled in me from my dad. So it's, you know, the only thing that I really ever really wanted to do, and I didn't want to give up on my dream yet. So, you know, I was blessed that Calgary gave me a call, and you know, I heard good things about the city. So, it, it made it made the decision a little bit easier. You know, just just to hear you know all the good things that were behind the Calgary Stampeders and the city of Calgary. And that's uh, and that's so. Did you what did you know about Canada beforehand? Had you ever even been to Canada anywhere, <laughs> like Toronto or Montreal or Vancouver, anything? Not at all. I knew nothing about. Did you Canada have a passport, Devaris? Did you have a passport? At least? <laughs> I had a passport from college because we went <laughs> and we had a game in Ireland. Okay. But uh, I never used it until you know I got here. 
<laughs> well, in Ireland, I guess too, right? So, um, yeah. well, so give me your give me your welcome to Canada moment. Then I always like to ask uh, American players that when they first come up that aren't familiar with the country all that much. Did what was your whoa? Is this like another world or what? Yeah, it was. Uh, I remember the very first day they have yeah, like we have to rock to practice, and uh, I remember. You know, waiting in America, usually we wait for the cars to pass because they don't, they just don't care about pedestrians at all. But everybody <laughs> here is super polite. And I'm sitting there and I like, I see the cars start slowing down and I'm like, what is going on? Like, there's no light right here. There's no stop sign. Like, what's going on? And she, the lady was like, oh, go ahead, go ahead. You know, it was, it was real crazy to me at the time. I didn't know everybody here was that polite, just, you know, courteous of, of everything that was going on. And then she turned around and said, "Sorry for not slowing down sooner." <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> so, have you learned? Have you learned to start saying "a" yet, or apologizing to people just for no reason? I've, I've definitely started to apologize a little bit more, <laughs> and started to say uh, "pardon" a lot more than "what" or "excuse me." So, yeah, that's that's probably some things that I picked up on. Okay, well, uh, is, sure. is it is it a toque now, or is it still a scully? <laughs> it's still a scully to me. <laughs> There you go. Okay, so we we can only convert a part of you. You're still keeping it real south of the border in some respects. Too, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, I read there's a great story on CFL.ca right now about your journey and, and your adventure. Um, you know, for for you to get to this point, uh, and for people that don't know the story, here you are. You've got an incredible pedigree. Your dad, Philip, played for years in the National Football League. You were hailed as one of the great next prospects you go to notre dame which is you know for a lot of people one of the most iconic schools not only just in the ncaa but in all of football i mean it's it's right up there i think with the dallas cowboys it's up there with the new england patriots it's so Mm -hmm. iconic and then to kind of lose some of that for uh, you know you kind of got labeled a cheater but it wasn't all about that i mean that must have been incredibly hard can you share a little bit about what you had to go through and have it all taken away Ah, uh, yeah, and that that was, you know, the hardest thing I've ever been through in my life is just to have, you know, the game that I love and the only thing that I've ever set out to do really taken away from me for reasons unknown. And uh, just to get the backlash of it from, you know, a lot of Notre Dame fans and a lot of, you know, just people out there that didn't really know the story, um, you know, it hurt. It hurt a lot. And um, the only thing I could do was, you know, stay silent they told us to just stay silent and just kind of let it blow over when it felt like it was never going to happen and um you know it just got to a point where i had to make a decision and um live with the consequences and you know just kind of they put me in a corner where i had to make a decision to go to the nfl earlier than i wanted to and just the whole missing a whole season and entering the draft didn't make a lot of sense but it was a move that i kind of had to do and you know, I'm, I still, you know, feel like, you know, I was gypped in the process, but it was, it's, you know, it was definitely a humbling experience and I think I'm better for it. You know, I, I wish I never went through it, but you know, life is life and you take the punches and you just roll with them and you just got to keep moving. Don't you find that in some of those things in life when you go through a, a tough go and you kind of look at yourself and go, like, did I break a mirror or something? Like, I, I don't feel like I treated people badly. And you, you kind of hit that yeah. sort of moment in your life going, this feels – and to do it in a spotlight too, right? And that's and that's the harder thing about, 
you know, you take the pros with being in a public profile, but you know, the cons are when, when you do something wrong, it just, everything is magnified and it's, it's incredibly humiliating at times. Don't you find like when, when something goes wrong, you know, when you do something, you know, when you're a rock star sort of, uh, you know, college football star and you're a receiver at Notre Dame of all the schools, uh, everybody knows about it and everybody's talking about it where ESPN's talking about it and Fox sports is talking about it. That's, that's got to be incredibly yeah. hard. It, it, yeah, and it was, like I said, that was the hardest thing I think I ever had to deal with is just um, <laughs> being left in the dark like that and being everything being so magnified with, you know, nowadays social media is so big that, you know, a lot of stories were coming out before any, any uh, you know, real story was out there. Well, you're guilty and, uh, before you know, proven innocent, right? Exactly. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we live in a in an era where, you know, it's not about the truth. It's just, you know, who can get the first story out yep. there to start, you know, swaying people's opinions. So it's, it was, it was definitely tough and being, you know, so young and thrown into that so unexpectedly, it was incredibly, you know, tough for me and my family and, uh, all my friends back home, you know, I lost a lot of friends because of it. And really, you know, it, it, yeah, I lost a lot of fans, friends, why, why, why friends? Why, why friends? What happened there? Uh, a lot of them just didn't know the like. It's the same thing. They just didn't know the story. It's just kind of one of those things where they thought that, oh, they're saying this about him, and you know, he must be, he must really be a cheater. He must really have done something without any evidence being out there. They just, you know, kind of jumped to conclusions and was just following, you know, whatever story was out there at the time. Because it took, you know, it took three months for them to even come up with something to even get us out of the school and you know in a if in a regular investigation it should not take that long so if they i mean if they really had evidence against us it should not have taken that long it's just they had to save their face in the end and, and come up with something so that's that's how i feel about it and you know it's just it is what it is i guess and then and, and obviously the community of football it's a small community and so people talk and then all of a sudden a stigma stays with you right in terms of did you find that followed you right to the nfl with some of the teams that you had signed with with both minnesota and new england you know it was the thing about the the nfl part of it is that i still had a shot and then um I a remember, fair one uh it was a little fair i was you know Early before the season, I was projected to go, you know, second, third round. And then after the suspension, it was like late round to, to free agent. And there was, you know, a few teams that were still like really, really interested in me. And um, I went to Pro Day, did well at Pro Day. And uh, my coach at the time, he wanted a, the head coach, he wanted to have an exit meeting with all the people that participated. This is Brian And Kelly. Yes. And uh, for me, it was tough. I had to make a decision. I had to make another decision where, you know, this this guy wants to have a, a meeting with me, but I haven't talked to him since the very first day I was suspended. And, you know, there's, there's some tension there just because, you know, this is the person that my parents handed me off to for, for four years and was supposed to be there for me, be like my father figure while I was gone. Just It didn't work out that way. He just, you know, wasn't for in it for you know the, his players and and whatnot so it was a tough decision for me i just didn't want to go in there and and you know tell him how i felt so i just kind of ignored the whole exit meeting and just you know just left just went about my business and you know did what i did for the teams and left 
And after that, I guess, you know, egos kind of got in the way. And, you know, he started telling people, you know, things about me that weren't true, teams that were interested in me. And it kind of, that, you know, word of mouth is the strongest thing of all. So it's, uh, that's what really kind of doomed me in the end on top of the suspension. Have you ever talked to Brian Kelly since? Not since, no. I haven't at all. Has your dad? Not at all. It's, it's something that what we you, just kind of. You talked about with. it. So you 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 talked about him kind of. You know, your your family passes you off to Coach Brian Kelly, and that yeah. and this all kind of plays out. You, what would you think would happen if your dad saw Brian Kelly face to face in a room today? Uh, I don't think anything would happen. Okay. I know my dad's real real uh, you know professional and everything. Right. And even with me, I wouldn't. If he if he had something to say, I would listen to it. But um, at the, at this point, like there's nothing to really even talk about. We had nothing to talk about the whole time I was suspended. But he, the media again, he's in the media saying that he's talking to us. You know, all the suspended guys constantly in contact with us, making sure we're all right. And while we're told to be silent about the whole thing, so he's kind of like, oh, he's over there saving his face. But what do we get to do? We get to sit here and take all this backlash from, you know, the media, the fans, and everybody pretty much and just get all these looks from professors and teachers and they still expect us to go to class and it's like how do we save our face and I, I that's where I kind of fell off with the whole thing and kind of I did kind of speak out a little bit on it and you know it is what it is I've moved on from it well I mean you're, you're still you know you're still going strong now and it's it's worked out as yeah. you come up to the Canadian Football League but you also had a chance to go to New England and you kind of made it sound like you were just kind of used as more of a tackling dummy dummy there. Yeah, it was, uh, you know, they signed me for the last preseason game and pretty much was there for two days where they just threw me out there on special teams. And, uh, just kind of, you know, just left it at that. It wasn't, you know, I didn't get any offensive snaps or anything. It's just one of those things where, you know, they got a late look at me and it is what it is. I have nothing towards them. I, I'm I'm okay with that. Um, yeah. I read I read that you have yet to watch any footage from last year's Grey Cup. Is that true? Yes, that is true. I've I've seen maybe three plays from the Grey Cup, and I can't I can't really sit there and watch the rest. Why? Uh, it's just tough. I feel like every time I I get real close. Like I made it to national championship in in 2012, and you know we fell short and got here and we fell short. And this one hurt the most, I think, because after everything that happened and coming back and having a good year and having my family smile again and just all this stuff, all this good stuff going on was you know set to be one of the best teams in CFL history. And just for it to end like that, it it is it it's tough. I yeah, I really can't watch it till this day can you uh can you guys uh overcome this year and can you guys take it all the way this year why will this year be different uh this year is different we got new players i think you know every year is different when you got you know a new set of guys coming in and it's everybody starts off zero and zero so it's you know it's, it's, it's time for us to just start over and i think that you know we're really taking that to heart and you know taking it day by day and actually enjoying each other's company just just as we did last year and just you know falling in love with the process and and letting that all transpire and, and watch us get better and better every week it's is we're starting at zero right now in training camp and 
we're not a good team yet, but, you know, we definitely have the tools to be a great one. Do you still think about the idea of going back to the NFL? I honestly, since, since I've gotten here, you know, early on, that was, you know, one of my thoughts, but, you know, since I've gotten here, since I've, you know, played with this team and met all the coaches and the, whole, the staff and everybody here is just, it's like family to me after everything that happened and the rookie of the year stuff and just all the great things that have happened here for me is, it's tough for me to overlook today. And, um, you know, I think that that's one of the things that I'm trying to do is just take it day by day and, you know, let let everything play itself out. But you know, I love it here. I don't really want to leave ever, but, um, you know, we'll see what happens. But I'm, you know, excited to be here. So excited to be a Calgary Stampede again. And I'm ready for year two. What do you do when you're not playing football? Uh, me, I'm a homebody. So I like to just hang out with friends, uh, play video games, watch. Uh, I'll be watching uh, Netflix, you know, movies, all kind of movies. Uh, it's, what are you watching? Right now? What are you watching on Netflix? Right now, I'm watching uh, Dexter. Okay. Uh, this is actually my second time watching it, so it's I recommend it to anybody that's right. going to listen so, to this. So you like so you like mysteries kind of thing then? I do, I do. I'm a big mystery and you know mind type of guy, so it's it's definitely exciting. So um, with with that it, in mind, did you ever figure out who Manti Teo's fake girlfriend was? <laughs> no, <Nah>, we <laughs> no, nah, we did not. We did not. And uh, <laughs> what was that like? What was that like as a guy who played with him? It was it was crazy. It was definitely uh, something unexpected. Uh, it the whole thing was kind of you know a little fishy, but it's it's. I have no idea how, when, where, what, what, like. Like, did anybody whole... pull him aside and say, "How does this happen, dude"? <laughs> <laughs> Nobody. I mean, I was a big scary dude, so yeah. like we uh, we just kind of left him alone. And you know, by the time anybody uh, found out the whole thing was fake, he was gone to the NFL. So. Well, that might be. I mean, when you look at what you experienced at Notre Dame. Uh, when mm-hmm. Manti Teo, one of your teammates, experienced, I mean, that definitely might be one of the most dramatic stretches off the field oh, in yeah. the history of the Fighting Irish. <laughs> Wouldn't you agree? <laughs> yeah, I would. I have to agree. That's yeah. That's, that could that's be a Netflix <laughs> series, Devars. <laughs> it should be. It should be. We need to put that out there. Yeah, and then you could just sell it to the ladies and say, "Hey, look, you can Netflix and chill watching this." <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> there you yeah. go. Hey, listen, thanks very much for doing this. Uh, where can we find you on social media if anybody wants to give you a follow? Where can they find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Sincerely Toot, T-O-O-T. That's my nickname. Uh, and Instagram, TDF Baby, Facebook, DeVaris Daniels, anything. I'm uh, real open to, you know, conversations. So if anybody wants to talk, hit me up. Uh, toot, not as in like a fart or anything like that, right? I mean, that's that's what it is. Really? It's a, it wasn't. That's not why I got the nickname. Okay. He's a really gassy <laughs> player in the huddle. Watch out, man. Yeah. Oh no. Well, it's the things you find out in these conversations. Devaris, yeah. all the best this year. Let's let's do this again sometime. It was a lot of fun, and uh, and I appreciate just how open. And I think everybody, uh, I think everybody really enjoyed the conversation as well. So all the best this year. Thank you, thank you. I appreciate it. Tavares Daniels joining us on The Waggle.